Hello, this is Mark Tucker. And I'm Alan Furstenberg. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. Hey, Two Voice Devs, everybody. How's it been going, Mark? How's your week? Oh, it's been going uh, just just fine. Um, busy. <laughs> it's I'm I'm kind of in this rush of uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to get my next voice game out in time for Christmas. And, Ooh. Um, it's called Snatch Word. A name. We have a name. Snatch Word. I'm looking forward to this. This sounds interesting. Yeah. So it's. Uh, Man, I've just been working really hard. I've been doing a number of different things. Um, like this last week, I, I set it up so it was doing a serverless project to deploy the, the code to Lambda. Reason why I did that is I want to set it up so that I could have, um, using the same code base, have three different deploys of my Lambda, one for mm -hmm. Alexa, one for Google, and one for Bixby. Mm. Um, and there's different assets. So for example, they all are going to use the same you know, DynamoDB uh, database table, but uh, in order for to use Alexa, I, I use the Alexa skills kit, you know, connector as the thing as the trigger that goes into the Lambda. Uh, for the other two, I'm using an, an API gateway. gateway. Yep. Um, and there's, you know, I am rules that get set up with that. So there's just a number of different things that uh, that go along with that. And behind the scenes, uh, serverless uses cloud formation templates, which is part of, um, you know, what AWS, how you can you know, program that. But I, I just kept having this problem with uh, serverless, just the way that the Jovo project structure is with the source code actually under a source directory. Um, but the packages folder is out at the root. Um, just trying to set up things with serverless. I had this thing where I, I kept deploying 180 megabytes of, <laughs> of data. And it turns out that I had stuff that was in my dev dependencies that that was generating some some uh, pings from from SVGs and it was using a a headless Chrome browser, so all that stuff was getting <laughs> packaged up and deployed Ouch. with my voice app. Uh, it was just part of how I w had things set up with serverless, and that was kind of a pain. Um, but I, I found something. I found a solution. Just um, so Jovo has this ability to run this this bundle uh, script which basically copies just the files it needs to upload. So like the 18 megabytes that it needs over to a separate folder. Well, it's, it's 18 megabytes with the node modules, but then it just runs in that folder, um, an NPM install, just the production things. Mm -hmm. And then it creates a bundle zip file, um, which is very much more manageable. And it turns out that I found out that in my serverless file, I could specify that I want to use a specific artifact that's already been created outside of what serverless does. And that was it. Cause so now it just takes that single bundle file, uploads it once to the cloud, um, you know, in S3, which is then where it deploys it out to the uh -huh. lambdas. And then it pushes three different instances of uh, lambda functions, one for each, you know, each suffixed with the, the platform name and it's it works and it's, like, <laughs> it's 18 megabytes and i was like finally but I, i've been banging my head across that there's a number of different people that were trying to help me um you know, creators of different uh, serverless plugins that were trying to help me figure out what the right solution was and i just kind of stumbled across that uh this weekend so that's one of the things that i've been doing to try to get uh um snatch word out but then I, i'm up now with this other issue which uh, maybe you can help me with, Alan. Uh-oh. 
Okay, so, we'll give this a shot. So I started this project a number of months ago, put it on hold to do a whole other project, um, which was the home number that's, you know, that you can, uh, it's an Alexa skill. Um, so now I'm kind of getting back to it, trying to get this finished. But at the time, um, the way that I uh, did the Google action implementation was via dialogue flow. Uh -huh. So that was, that was, that was what available uh, with Jovo at the time. And what you do is you, you bundle up the, all the intents and types into a zip file and you can load that into dialogue flow. And then you point the webhook of the, you know, Google action to your deployed Lambda function and everything was working fine. And I, you know, I have something that's out as an alpha release that I'm using, you know, during my, my testing. But now I'm trying to make the decision is do I go ahead and bite the bullet and move to actions builder or do I um, just keep things as dialogue flow? And so I, it's always a good question. Um, the dialogue flows. Well, so here's, here's kind of the trade-offs that I see. Yeah. The dialogue flow support isn't going away, but it's also not getting anything new. Right. So if you're expecting to take advantage of new features that come along, you, they're not going to be available in the dialogue flow version. So I tend to encourage people to move to Actions Builder unless you're trying to take advantage of a feature that isn't yet available in Actions Builder, because there are a couple. Uh, some of them are very frustrating to me because I've got actions that I can't move over yet until the feature gets, gets made available. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, I'm doing all my new work in Actions Builder, and I've been gearing up to move my existing big projects, uh, including Voodoo Drive, over to Actions Builder. Uh, Actions Builder, I think, provides a lot of good features for developers in general. How much it provides Jovo, I'll be honest, I don't know. I, I leave right. the Jovo questions to you. But one of the things that kind of encourages me is that Jovo's notion of state management in some ways very much dovetails with the features that you can get with Actions Builder. So with Actions scenes, yeah. Actions Builder has this notion of scenes. And inside a scene, you specify which intents can be activated. And you and I have had this conversation yeah. dozens of times now about how nice it would be to have just certain <laughs> uh, intents be active within a scene, with, you know, at any given time. And scenes are the way that, that uh, that Google is doing that on the action side. <laughs> yeah, so I, I looked at it because I know that they that you know Jovo has recently announced back in I think October that uh, that they have support for Actions Builder, and so I, I found a tutorial about how to create a you know a an action in Jovo from the beginning using. Um, using Actions Builder and that, that new integration. But I didn't find anything about how do I migrate an existing one. So I, I, I did see that there was a migration tool online. So I could, you know, into a separate project, migrate my app um, from Dialogflow. And, and so part of that process, I've, I had to look up because it was, it was calling things Dialogflow ES and Dialogflow. Oh. Something CX. CX. So, so <laughs> that, that, that I didn't have to worry about that before. It was just dialogue flow. Right. So the other thing that happened <laughs> is that dialogue flow has also now created two versions 
the traditional version that we've been used to is called dialogue flow ES or dialogue flow essentials. 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 Um, the new version of dialogue flow is actually kind of interesting. It has this notion of pages and your intents are attached to a specific page and you can set transitions from one page to another page based on which intents get triggered or, or other different needs. And if your, your, your face looks like this sounds really familiar, like isn't this actions builder? <laughs> you read my mind. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> there are striking similarities between the two. Let's, let's leave it at that. Uh, but it's pretty clear that Dialogflow CX is not Actions Builder. There are a number of differences between the two, um, which in some ways are, you know, I get too much into the weeds to describe. It's things like Actions Builder allows for a maximum of three no-match intents, while uh, CX allows for six. You know, why the two? I'm not entirely sure. The other... So the it's... other major difference. <laughs> okay, keep going. The other major difference is that Dialogflow CX does not come with any integrations. So if you want to integrate with another service like Facebook Messenger or Actions on Google, you need to write that integration yourself. And hmm. kind of related to that is the billing. Actions Builder is free for developers. Dialogflow CX has a per session charge. I know which one I'm going to be using, uh, and it's the one that's uh, free. <laughs> it's the one that starts AB. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, C CX is clearly meant for more enterprise and call center-like operations, interesting. rather than actions. Hmm. Yeah. No, I just found it surprising that, uh, that there, there's been all these changes over there just in this you know few months, but. What I, what I figured out when I ran through the migration tool um, was that for the most part, everything um, transferred okay. I did have, there's a number of uh, entities and types that I have, slots that have system.any type. Um, and, and part of that migration, um, Actions Builder created a new type for me, but, and then I figured out they could go into that and actually, and say, instead of saying this is going to be like a closed enum of values, I could select something called free text, which is basically gets me back to the, anything that is in that spot gets, um, gets surfaced. So, so that, that's fine. And that, and, and the, I don't necessarily have any question with the migration tool. The problem that I have is that the way that I code is I have, um, using the Jovo model, there's a way that you can specify what these different um, intents are in one format and then have it build based on which platforms you have. It generates the files, um, but I'm not sure, I, I haven't been able to find anywhere what that, that format is. In some cases, it's just a, um, you know, kind of if I'm specifying that I want this new ac action builder stuff that, I just need to figure out what the right format is to specify that I want this this custom type and that and now in Google Action instead of Dialogflow I want it to be a free text but I don't know I don't have any documentation on that I don't know what to to put there 
So I'm kind of stuck because really I'd like to you know, have it go through the whole pipeline process that I already have. Yeah. Where I make that change in code, then I do a Jovo build, which generates these files. I do a Jovo deploy, which then pushes them out to Action Builder. I would love to have one less piece in the middle instead of having, you know, your assistant talk to Dialogflow, which talks to, um, or actually talks to uh, Google Actions, which talks to Dialogflow, which talks to your webhook. I'd rather take out that, you know, one more piece in the middle, but I just don't know how to start it on this. This, this side where I've got it in code because that way then it's all checked in and version controlled and all that stuff. No, 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 right. So, so two pieces here again. I think one of one of the nice things about Actions Builder in general, and again, I don't know how this applies to Jovo specifically, yeah. is that you can use the G Actions tool to download all the configuration files and then re-upload them again. And now they've also added an API that lets you do the same thing. And I assume that's the API that Jovo is yeah. leveraging. But I don't know how to take those configuration files and get Jovo to look at them or to import them into Jovo or to have Jovo export to that format. I'm assuming there's a way. And again, yeah. uh, there's a way to, ha to have that free text type, but I don't know what it is. So that's interesting. So I could go into the migrated project that I have and have it set up the way that I want it to. And there's a way to then to export that. Yeah. Uh, is that through Action Builder or is that through Actions on Google Console? It is It is actually through a command line tool called G-Actions. Okay, so there's nothing that I can do on the GUI right now. I did see something no. about installing G-Actions, which I think it lets me push, have Jovo push the, the code out so I don't have to do that manual upload of the intents and that's interesting so so it could be that jovo is using g actions to push it out um it might also be that you can use g actions g actions is also what's used both to, to upload and download that configuration file okay um so you may be able to use g actions to download the file and then convince jovo in some way to import it into okay. your scheme i would or, sure I, can, or I can even see uh yeah, I can. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, so I'll go ahead and, and I'll try that. I'll, I'll see if I can figure out what, you know, get G-Actions installed and see if I can figure out how to export the migrated project and see if I can, you know, figure out, oh, this is what I need. So maybe play around with uh, putting that same configuration in my model JSON yeah. um, my file for Jovo and see if it generates those things. Yeah, here, here's the big downside is the those files that get downloaded are YAML files, not JSON. Oh, because I love YAML. Because well, I'm doing, loves YAML. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm using serverless and they love YAML, YAML too, too. So I'm kind of uh, <laughs> stuck in both worlds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in both worlds. JSON, XAML, it sure beats uh, XML. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to have to have this debate another time, I think. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. All right, well, so the then other, my last the yeah, other thing I, the other thing I want to caution anybody who's watching this, when you use the conversion tool, don't do the conversion in place. Do the conversion to a new project. Yes. Um, and only when you've got everything working, then you can convert your your old project to Actions Builder, and then upload your new configuration to it. So don't don't try to do it all at once because things will have issues. Okay, no, that's good. That's definitely a good warning. I like the idea of, of moving it to pushing it to a separate project. I had I had seen that as an option, and I think they even market as recommended. And I'm like, yeah, they market yeah, as recommended. Yeah, I'm going to do that. 
<laughs> so the last thing that I'm trying to do as part of this big push, besides a few little code tweaks and trying to get it into you know, beta test, um, is that there's this thing with DynamoDB where um, behind the scenes, the reason why it's so, so efficient is that it works off of uh, partitions. So each item that you add to DynamoDB, which is a you know, NoSQL, it's not really a document database, it's an item database. Because um, even though you, you push items that are JSON, they're not necessarily documents. They could, you know, but anyway. Um, there's an idea that you could provision your um, DynamoDB to something like 40,000 um, <clears> capacity units, which is how you know, DynamoDB measures things. And what that would do is that would give you the max number of partitions, which I think is 54 partitions, which means that, um, that as you um, add things, then it gets hashed and it figures out which partition. And so it just is a way of distributing things. You can't necessarily control the number of partitions directly. You control it indirectly by specifying you know, this 40,000 value. But problem with 40,000 value is if you were just to turn on that for provisioning, um, and keep it on so that you always had that amount of capacity available, even if you weren't using it. That's something You're like You're being billed for a huge that's amount like, of capacity. That's like $17,000 a month or some crazy thing, I don't know. Um, so, um, you know, working with some very, very smart people from, uh, from Amazon on the AWS side um, that uh, some of their suggestions on what to do. So I tried that um, over the weekend and, and ended up having an issue with, um, because my table has a couple of global secondary indexes and there's a limit on, on the number of sizes. But anyway, the, if that, what you're supposed to be able to do is say, I want to set my, my provision at this certain thing. It goes through and it updates the table. It's, it's faster if it's a blank table versus if there's stuff in it, because I guess then it has to figure out, refigure out Mr. what the partitions are yeah. for each of the items, right? Um, but then once that is updated, you immediately flip it back to on-demand capacity, which means you only are charged for what's being used. But now things are configured so that you've got the max number of partitions. Well, so that's what I've been trying to do. Not uh, partly um, just trying to understand it. Not that I think this game is going to ever have you know forty thousand simultaneous users. Uh, <laughs> At, at any given second, that would be such a dream. But uh, but trying trying to understand, you know, there there's a potential that there could be lots of users to it, and so I just was trying to understand what the ramifications were, or the process for doing that. But anyway, just keep hitting these little things that um, that take up time. But <laughs> the it's idea always, <laughs> it's, it's it's always interesting trying to figure out what the right uh, method at any given moment is to figure out how much we want to prepare for scaling up because if, yeah. if we prepare too early then we're putting in a lot of resources up front that aren't going to be used for a long time on the other hand if we wait too long now we need to dedicate a lot more resources and just to get things so that they're stable for a large number of people yeah. and that can be even more costly so it's you know like with everything as a programmer it's balance it's finding the right balance yeah, so I, I think the, the problem that I have is that I think my account can only have like 80,000 capacity units um, at a time. And so because 
the table uses it and there's read and there's write. And I don't know if both of those count separately or individually. And then each of the global secondary indexes have a read and write capacity to them. Um, I might, what I might try next is just doing, picking something like 10,000 instead of 40,000. And then at least I get some advantages, some additional partitions that would help me scale. Um, but anyway, that's what I'm going to try next. But uh, that was kind of a crash and burn. And, and started this, since I had never done it before and I wasn't sure how things were being charged, I was like, if I flip this, am I going to get billed? Am I? How, how much did I just, you know, yeah. commit myself to here? Yeah, so got some reassurances from um, some people from Amazon through Twitter that that it really would only start billing me when things are, are are updated, which seems to be the case. It took an hour to to go through the process, even on an empty table, which which was starting to freak me out because I'm like like I don't know if this <laughs> is this really working. And it turns out that I got some failure messages, which might be part of the reason. So anyway, I'm going to try it again, probably with ten thousand, and I'll. I was going to say, did you when when did you try doing this? Was this the Wednesday before Thanksgiving? No, no, no. It's been okay. it was over, the week, over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that wouldn't have been a good day. <laughs> no, that was not a good day to to try to get anything done on on AWS. All right. So I th I think I'm going to try a little bit with the Actions Builder your idea, and see if I can figure that out in the short term, which may or may not convince me to go with Actions Builder from the get go, or I may just end up re releasing this. Um, with dialogue flow and then uh, I, push it to next year to my like, to, to like I said I, you know again this is this is again another one of those trade-offs I think if you can get Jovo to generate the actions builder stuff the way you want it to the way you need it to that'll be the better switching to actions builder now will be the better route yeah. for you okay well, I thank you for the advice. And uh, if anybody else has experience using Jovo and Actions Builder converting a project, migrating it from Dialogflow, I would love to hear some additional tips. And I, I've reached out to Jovo, and I'm sure they'll, they'll get back to me um, when they can with some answers, too. They, they've always been good about that. So again, if you've got uh, you know tips, tricks, or just want to share what your uh, achievements or frustrations have been developing for voice over the past few weeks, reach out to us. We're, uh, we're always happy to hear and share. And if you've got questions, try to answer them. That's great. Um, love to hear from you and good luck on your voice projects and uh, happy holiday seasons. We're two voice devs. Take care everyone.